knew that I'm just never going to grow up. Because <laughs> I marked all the pages that had, like, things that are inappropriate, like sex scenes or blowjob scenes. <laughs> and then it's like a Did page. you go back to them? I haven't looked at that book in years. You just marked it and let it I go? Just, well, no, I went back to them, like, repeatedly to show my friends, be like, look at this crazy shit in this book. <laughs> look at how weird this is. And there's one page specifically that, it, like, uh, half the page is just different names for penis. <laughs> monster if it is it wasn't one that stuck out apparently (laughs) so that was one of my favorite books growing up because i got to show my friends how weird it was (laughs) i never even finished reading it because it got really weird like the girl got raped a lot it was really weird and it was told this book from bookstore my mom let me buy it it looks all wholesome on the cover i'll show it to you the next time you're at my house okay it's really it looks it's Does fine. it have all your original annotations? In oh, it? I'm sure. I'm sure it's got everything that you could ever want. <laughs> Welcome so to dumb. Who Knew. Who Knew? Because I didn't know that you had that book. In- <laughs> <laughs> this is where we we both learn things about each other. Yep, and about what we're going to tell each other. And you get to learn things that, about us that you didn't oh, want to know. Oh, <laughs> boy. What a first episode. That's not bad. <laughs> told you Kathy's not to record oh no <laughs> she's gonna hate me okay well let's just pretend like i didn't say any of that well welcome to, to who knew the podcast about all things random and um interesting and spoopy yeah mainly spoopy yeah we lean like to. towards spoopy yeah. in general like in our life we lean towards spoopy mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um love it spoopy weird Mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Conspiracy-y. Yeah. Half a page worth of um, penis names. Yeah. Yeah. One Eye Monster really wasn't one. It's a joke I in, swear. Uh, it's, like it's in probably Austin in Powers. There. Of course it is. We watched it. I'm sure we one did. One Monster. I don't remember that part. Everybody, come look at the One Monster. You're welcome, monster. Kathy. I don't remember that part of Austin well, Powers. Well, she does, because she's watched it a hundred times with me. <laughs> I definitely does. I know it. <laughs> Well, my name's Macy. I'm Sammy. We date sometimes. Only sometimes. Um, And we decided to have a podcast together. It's actually kind of how we started dating. It was one podcast and it has evolved into another one. Kind of. Well, I was on your other podcast and then we talked about having our podcast and then we changed it to this podcast. Yeah. Because the original idea just wouldn't have worked out, I don't think. I think we would have gotten fired, and then yep. I couldn't pay my mortgage, and that's a whole I thing. I don't want to lose my job. I actually really enjoy my job, so yeah. this is a safe bet. Yeah. So, <laughs> this uh, episode we planned last night um, <laughs> at about, what do you what do you think, 3 a.m.? Yeah. We said, oh my god, let's talk about this and that. Yeah. And let's record it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we came up with a name. Also, while well, I was like half asleep, I, I confirmed know. it tonight at date night on uh, at, at the melting pot. So yes. I, it was good enough mi- at like middle of the night to pass the rigors Conscious. of consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who knew? Who knew? Not me. It was either that or can I say what else I wanted to call what, it? Yes. What'll it be? Uh, <laughs> she named it that after this preschool in town that's called What'll It Be? W U D D L E I T B E. So cute. One word. So cute. What'll it be? She's like, let's do the podcast in that name. I'm uh, no. 
Because what will it be if it's too? It's like, what will it be today? Yeah. But fine. It does. Who knew? Whatever. What will it be? Is out of the... It's back with running. the kids. It's out of the running. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. So, well, in light of the spoopy season, mm-hmm. I wanted to tell you all about Ouija boards. I can't wait. And I know you've listened to my other podcast about this. I and these are my yeah. same notes. But that's totally fine. Because <laughs> you added things. Yeah. Um, I saw so you add something. Spoopy ending, but... Um, <laughs> spoopy ending <laughs> it's so this is more funny because when i was um talk first talking to sammy before we started dating we were talking about ouija boards and i was like i, I want to like maybe i want to make one she's like oh my god that would be so cool and so i literally went that day to make a ouija board because i was like oh god i want this girl to like maybe date me <laughs> So I went. I spent more on making a Ouija board than I could have bought a really cool one on Etsy. Like the two hundred dollar ones that you found. It wasn't that much. Okay, I was about to say I'm gonna no, go and was, buy was, you a Ouija no, board. No, but there's ones on Etsy that are pretty cool. They're like twenty five bucks, and it was oh. definitely more than that. You go to Joanne's Fabrics. Joanne Fabric. Joanne's Joanne. Does she own it or does she not own it? Joanne, will you let us know, know if you own fabrics or not? I don't know. It's almost 1 a.m. I don't know if she owns it or really? not. Shit. Yeah. Um, but I went there and I got all the things because they have this, like, weird, spoopy section of, like, uh, what's it called when you make fo- books of photographs? Photo albums? Yeah, what's that, that called? No, there's a name for like when people do uh, it? Oh, when people... Yes. Uh, it's... Uh... I'm so glad we can edit <laughs> shit out. Um, I don't know what it's called. I can't think of it. Not craft. Scrapbooking. Yeah. There we go. It's a scrapbooking section. And this one brand has all the creepiest shit. So I went to... I went there. And I got these, like, photos. These old, old, old... They look old. Photos mm. of people. And it's just, like, a pack of photos of people I don't know. And I got those and some other things and this and that. And I went to Lowe's and got wood and cut it and put all the photos on there. And then, like, put the letters and the numbers one by one by one. Hoping that you would date me. You're so talented. And you did. So it worked out. (laughs) When you first sent me the picture of, like, the old photos, Mm -hmm. I remember telling you. I was just like, I hope your, like, old photo albums of your family i hope you're totally fine with ruining that i felt so bad oh, no, i was no, like no, i, I didn't mean those. for you to like go through like, your I bought those. photo i bought those at joanne <laughs> yay at joanne but um ouija boards are super cool actually and they didn't they're they're like su- the idea is very old um but it didn't get like associated with bad stuff and demons until like the 70s which is a lot sooner than i thought that uh they did Mm -hmm. before i did this research for my other podcast (laughs) she's all mad because she had to do all this research for hers and i'm like let me pull up literally spent like the last three hours just doing research yeah it's fine so ouija boards came about with the spiritualism movement which i think we you and i would have probably survived very well during the spiritualism movement which was the 19th century of america so the 1800s um a lot of people think that um, there was this, like, obsession with communicating with, the like, with dead people and with the dead b- 
because of like various wars right so soldiers were going you know civil war revolutionary war prior to that um and the the lifespan of people was super short compared to now um so people think there was this obsession with talking to people who died because everybody was fucking dying right right also it's like they die when you can't like you couldn't see them you couldn't can call have, them. yeah you couldn't call them you couldn't have any maybe like, your last, letters if you knew like where they right. were but your that last was contact like, was like mm-hmm. months even maybe years ago yeah exactly how sad yeah um so notably uh in 1848, the Fox sisters claimed to be mediums who could communicate with the dead. Um, They straight up became celebrities, and they spurred this, like, onset of popularity of seances through America. Um, So there were three of them. Leah was born in 1813, uh, Maggie, who was born in 1833, and Kate, who was born in 1837. The two youngest ones started doing this thing which they called rapping, which was like knocking. So it wasn't like Snoop Dogg or Tupac. Not quite. Not quite. I don't okay. think so. Maybe they are the ones that. Never mind. Started <laughs> And then we think it's like this bullshit. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like spitting rhymes. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. So they like started rapping on like tables and walls bullshit <laughs> to <laughs> convince their older sister, Leah, um, that they were communicating with spirits, so they would do that thing that you see on every. Fuck you. I'm picturing them like rapping <laughs> with the ghosts, like see if they rap back, see if they finish the rhyme for them. No. Okay. Oh god. So they're hilarious. like doing this thing where they're like, knock once for yes, knock twice for no, bullshit. And they were convincing Leah um, that they were talking to ghosts in their house. Um, to the point where they supposedly um, identified some spirit in their house of a of somebody who had been buried in their basement. And they actually did find bones oh, in no. the basement of their house. I don't know if that was a coincidence, if the family knew about that prior. I don't know. But that was, like, what kind of gave them credibility to other people. And they, that's why they became so famous. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, rappings now is still super popular with like ghost hunting Mm -hmm. so interesting right interesting because it it must have some validity if we're still using it today it feels like it's an easy way for somebody to communicate right back with you especially being a ghost not having too much power being used powers Mm -hmm. in quotes because of energy sure sure um in 1888 maggie confessed that all these wrappings were a hoax oh shit and she publicly demonstrated maggie i just stood up for you (laughs) let Good you do it fuck you Maggie. so they did this weird like popping thing with their toes i can't do it ew what they would pop their toes and that was the sound um and this yeah so she like went in brought a bunch of people and was like check it out here's what we did and she like popped her toes and um the newspaper paid her 1500 bucks for the exclusive, like, story on it, which, adjusted for inflation right now, um, that'd be, like, foo, almost $41,200. <laughs> okay, I think we're in the wrong line of business I right now. I agree. So, she gets that money, they publish whatever, and then before she died, 
like the next year she ended up dying in 1892 but in 1889 she tried to recant this um but at that point the sister's reputation was fucked and five years down the road they were all dead uh maggie and kate died they were basically impoverished transient like yeah that's sad Mm -hmm. despite that confession uh the spiritualism movement continued to grow in popularity so that's kind of how it started like the idea of seances and trying to communicate with the dead the spiritualism movement would be something really cool to talk about in the future i agree for its own thing yeah its own thing because there's so much to it Mm -hmm. so cool so somehow i and i don't get this it agreed with like christian dogma so there was like a vast majority of people in america in the 1800s were like devout christians right but they would sit here and do seances on saturday night and then go to church on sunday morning and it makes no sense to me because the second that i mentioned a ouija board to kathy she lost her mind kathy (laughs) i don't know so i don't know i don't know maybe it's one of those things where it's just like you don't like I said, tell anybody like, about it. Yeah, but like I said before, like it didn't have a bad connotation with it until the seventies, mm, like a, almost a right. hundred years later. So I I don't know. Um, the movement was also clearly, like I said, an emotional reaction to such a short lifespan with all the wars going on. Um, you know, disease, everything like that. Um, People just wanted to talk to people that they had lost earlier than they had wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, notably, Abraham and Mary Todd Lincoln did seances in the White House. Did you know that? I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Their kiddo died uh, oh. while he was president. D- did they die in the White House? Mm-hmm. I don't know if inside the But, like, White while House. they were there. That's but, yes, sad. while he was president, yeah. Hmm. So Mary Todd was super into it, and she held seances in the White House, and then she also held seances after uh, Abe, Abe died. died. I know Abe's one of the spirits there, mm-hmm. supposedly. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um. So the first adaptation of the Ouija board was called the Talking Board, and that the first like known um, Talking Board was reported on in the Associated Press in 1886. Um, it was a tool being used by spiritualists all across the country, and it's basically exactly what you see with today's Ouija board. It was A, B, C, D, all the way to Z, and then zero through nine. A yes, a no. I don't know if they all had a good buy or whatever, but the, it was, like, exactly what you would see now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it hadn't been named, hadn't been patented, and that was a big deal because... Charles Kennard and a group of other investors saw this, and they are like, oh, yo, we can totally make bank Let's on get in on this. this. So they did, and they created Kennard Toy Company in 1890, Kennard Novelty Company, sorry, um, exclusively to make Ouija boards. What? Yeah. It's a boring novelty company is it because you can buy them at barnes and noble now yeah now but i mean (laughs) i would imagine that eventually after like the hype died down they'd have to get something to fill in right so supposedly they went in and they had to get it patented right Mm -hmm. to be able to like use it with their company name and what they did is they um they took let's see Helen Peters, which was one of the investor's sister-in-laws, who, she said she was, like, a medium. 
And she basically went to the patent office to apply for the patent with them. And the patent officer was like, you have to prove that this works. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you prove that, right? Right. So they brought her um, to the meeting with the patent officer. And he was like, okay, I need you to show me this. And he said, if the board knows... What my name is, he didn't introduce himself, said, because he knew that that's what was coming in for the meeting. Um, He says, if you can spell my name correctly, then I'll give you the patent. Supposedly, this was completely unknown to Peters or the other investor who came in, and it it did it. What? And it freaked him out, and he was like, here's your patent. Get that thing (laughs) the fuck away from me. Yeah. What? And then, so, Helen Peters also helped name it uh, Ouija. Which supposedly um, comes from the French word we and the German ja, which both translate to yes in English. However, um, she also came in before they named it and she did like a session with it. And she says, she asked the board what, or the spirits, I guess, uh, what should we call this board? And the name Ouija came through, and she asked the spirits again, hey, what does this word mean? And the board spelled, quote, good luck. Whoa. Oh, oh I got goosebumps. That's weird. I don't like that. Right? Good luck? Fuck you. <laughs> God, burn that shit. Why did we create this? Isn't that wild? That's weird. I know. Ooh. Yes. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, we see two world wars right after this, which led to more and more people trying to connect with their dead loved ones, mm-hmm. like we said. Next, uh, seven after the patent was sold to Parker Brothers, um, it actually outsold Monopoly. Fun yeah. fact. Monopoly sucks, no wonder. I like Monopoly. I'm you too competitive. Like I'm so competitive. If I'm the moment I start losing, I'm done. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck your houses. Fuck your hotels. I'm out of here. <laughs> Really? So just start losing. You like it? Okay. If I win, I'm all about it. Okay. <laughs> but the moment I start losing, I throw a little fit. I'm such a bad person oh, to play Monopoly gosh. with. I'm just warning you now if you oh, want to play it with me. Good, 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 good. <laughs> um, people think that the surge might have been because, a whole, like, that same year, a bunch of troops were sent to Vietnam. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. It follows the trend, so. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1973, the Ouija board became scary. Um, the movie The Exorcist came out, and in the movie, the main character, Reagan, uh, she played with a Ouija board by herself, which is one of the rules, like, you don't play by yourself, and she became possessed, which led to her exorcism. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, it's believed that, um, Ouija boards work on what's called the idiomotor effect, which are small automatic muscular movements that take place without you, like, even knowing. So, it's the same thing, like, if you touch something hot, before you're realizing Mm. it's hot, you're pulling your hand back, right? Right. So, it's said that, like, the planchette seems to drag our hands along as it finds letters, but when you're asking questions, you have, like, expected answers. So, if you're with a group and you're all in a dark room and you want there to be a ghost, what's the first thing you ask? What's the first thing we asked when we used it? Is there a spirit here? Yep. And what do you think everybody wants? Yes, but that didn't work for us. So, oh, I think we were calling drunk this also. <laughs> I think like one out of the four of us was drunk. I think two, at least two. Okay. I was not. <laughs> I was kind of drunk. Okay. Well. <laughs> 
Either um, way. I just, I just, I don't know if I buy that. No? No. How do you correctly spell names? How do you get four people with their idio whatever yeah. movement to yeah. correctly spell names and spell this and, yeah. like, things that, like, yeah. create a story of I sorts? How How does that work out? I don't know. Like, four, yeah. even two different people. Like, yeah. You can't both be thinking the same answer. Right. Unless Other you're all, like, super good friends. Uh, the idiomotor effect shows that, like, muscular action doesn't always happen with, like, deliberate will. So, like, it's on a level that you're not aware of. So, I don't know if that's... So, does that case. basically mean, like, just because you're thinking... When you're thinking it, then that means it's it's deliberate. When you're thinking it, and then it moves to that, it is... Uh, it's more deliberate. It's your muscles right. acting... Like, beyond your consciousness, but what you're wanting. I see. Yeah. And they, they think the same thing happens with, like, uh, dowsing rods. Mm, I, I that don't know. makes sense. But I don't I've know. I've never used that. dowsing rods, so I don't know, yeah. but that makes sense to me. Sure. Um, or, like, pendulums? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They did, um, I read a couple experiments about pendulums where they, like, they hold them and then they have, like, a yes, no, or maybe. Mm-hmm. And they would... <clears throat> do experiments with that and supposedly that proved um the idiomotor effect in that sense also no so, totally i see it i don't know i just i don't know if i see it for this it depends on who you're with if you're with friends who all know the same people and you're like you have a conscious goal in mind maybe but if you got like four strangers that'd be a good control that would be I such would think let's if you want to be a part of our experiment, <laughs> hit us up. Because I made a planchette yeah. out of clay. Yeah. I painted it. It looks... So talented. Wood. It it's looks wood. wood. It looks Doesn't wood. Look wood. <laughs> That's what you said. It Does looks... Does it, though? Wood. Be nice. Oh, I think it looks great. Thank you. Um... It looks okay. No, I think it looks great. <laughs> it, it literally looks amazing. <laughs> I don't know anybody else that could put a, that together. <laughs> You're so full of shit. I am not full of shit. Thank you, though. Whatever. I'm just trying to be nice. So let me tell you about 10 Ouija crimes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Crimes, you crimes. say. Crimes, you see. Um, I found all of these from an article from September of 2020 via Reader's Digest. Are you ooh, ready? Ooh, ooh, yep. Okay. March 6th of 1930. <laughs> Oh, good. Why do I start with the hardest name? <laughs> good luck. This is why I looked up all of my pronunciations and you did it and you laughed it's at me. It's a name. It's not a <laughs> word. March 6th of 1930. A name Cla- is a word. Clotilda Marchland was found dead at the foot of the stairs in her Buffalo, New York home, where she lived with her sculptor husband and young son. Basically... It was pretty obvious that she hadn't, she didn't fall. She's at the base of the stairs, but she didn't fall. Um, and she had clearly been, like, beat the fuck out of. Um, so there was a bunch of suspicion on the husband, obviously. But that shifted quickly to a woman with whom he had been having, guess what? An affair with. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Lila Jimerson. Ooh. As it turned out, she had recruited an acquaintance, Nancy Bowen, to murder. Moida, you say? Moida Clothilda. Yikes. That's a rough name. Honestly, you go from Clothilda to Lila. I know. What is it, Lila? Yep, that's what I meant. <laughs> I, I don't know what I said. You said Lila. Oh. Lila. So. YOLO. Basically, Jimerson, Lila Jimerson, 
used a Ouija board to convince Nancy Bowen that Clotilda was a witch who was responsible for the death of Nancy's recently deceased husband. So she made her friend believe that her lover's wife killed her husband. What a web. And how did you get a Ouija board to convince this person of that? That's another thing where, like, the involuntary movements is not Well, good. here's the thing. Here's the other thing. Bowen, Nancy Bowen, was illiterate. Could not read. Simply took Jimerson's word for it. Um, and Gosh. ended up pleading guilty to manslaughter once that ruse was revealed. Lila Jimerson also ultimately accepted a plea to manslaughter, so they both went to jail. Oh. Not for murder, though. It's interesting. Or, like, conspiracy to like, hire someone. Right. Um, um, next one. Here. Yeah. How many do you have? Ten. Holy shit. <laughs> Number two. Let's go. <laughs> Some of them are pretty slow. Uh, short. And slow. slow. <laughs> short and slow. <laughs> <laughs> November eighteenth. <laughs> November eighteenth of nineteen thirty-three. Fifteen-year-old Maddie Turley and her father Ernest uh, were trying to shoot a skunk on their property Ew. when Maddie shot Ernest twice in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that looks like a skunk. Initially, like a skunk. she said, "Oh shit, that was an accident." <laughs> after she tripped and fallen, however, <laughs> her father. Died of his wound, she changed her story, saying while playing with the Ouija board with her mom, Dorothea, uh, Maddie was, quote, ordered by, quote, the spirit world, quote, uh, to kill Ernest so that Dorothea could marry a man who would, quote, make her happier, end quote. After the Ouija board had spoken, Dorothea assured Maddie she could not be arrested for complying with its orders. (gasps) Yeah. This is total coercion. I know. Holy shit. <laughs> Dorothea was like, nope, I did not do all of that, but the jury found her guilty. Oh, Three years God. later, the Supreme Court of Arizona reversed the conviction on the grounds that the trial court had refused to allow evidence that Maddie, who spent her childhood in uh, juvenile, juvie, never spoke to her mother again, was lying. What? <laughs> no. Dun, dun, dun. I don't believe that. Let's okay highlight that. We're gonna look into that more depth. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that. I think Dorothy had totally made Maddie do it. I agree. Convinced her with a Ouija board. Totes. Why else would it be like to make your mom happier? I agree Why would that. it say that? I know. A little girl's not gonna make that up. I agree. Okay, whatever. In eight, 1983, 16-year-old Bunny Dixon told her 20 <laughs> Bunny, I love it. <laughs> told her 25-year-old boyfriend Anthony Hall and another young couple that the four of them uh, had been instructed by a Ouija board to leave their home in Florida and join a carnival in oh, Virginia. Like fun. Yeah. Let's um, do that. To get the money to fund the trip to Virginia. Uh, they needed to rob and murder a motorist, which they all did. Oh, gosh. They accosted and murdered 25-year-old... Noak Fanding. The first name is spelled N-G-O-C. I'm just assuming the G is silent. Nope. Fanding. Noak. Uh, the two couples turned against each other, which led to their arrest. All four were tried and convicted of murder. Good. Uh, 1995 London teen Michael McCallum... Lured a younger boy, Michael 
Erdridge um, to his apartment to play a Ouija board. The board spelled out kill. Erdridge tried to leave and McCallum stabbed him <laughs> to death. He was like, yep, let's go. <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> because he believed Satan had ordered him to do so, McCallum ended up accepting a manslaughter plea and served his time in a mental hospital. No, I call bullshit on that one, too. <laughs> you don't just... The, the moment a Ouija board spells kill, you don't just say, I'm out of here. <laughs> if it's with your friend, if that if we were playing Ouija board and it said that, I would look at you and I'd be like... You wouldn't kill me? No, I would... <laughs> I, would you kill no. me? <laughs> No. I, my first instinct wouldn't be, oh my god, Macy's gonna kill me. I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Why would he run if, like, his friend didn't already, boys? like... I don't know. If his... Oh, okay. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why would your first instinct be to run? It's so weird to me. He's just <laughs> like, kill! Oh, no! I can't! <laughs> run away! <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, that one is crazy. <laughs> Um, 2001, 53-year-old Carol Sue Elvacker was playing a Ouija board with her daughter, Tammy, and Tammy's two daughters. So, three generations playing Ouija board together. When the message, quote, came through that Tammy's husband, Brian, was evil and needed to be killed, Elvacker got up, stabbed Brian in his sleep, and then turned the knife on one of her granddaughters. What? As Brian bled to death... Elvaker, Tammy, and the two granddaughters piled into a car, which Elvaker proceeded to run off the road. Car crash, obviously, um, only caused minor injuries, but then Elvaker then uh, attempted to push one of the granddaughters into traffic because she believed that girl inherited Brian's evil. She said, well, you know what? Brian died. We saw that, but I think this one might have got some of it. What? Uh, she was ultimately ruled insane and was committed to a psych hospital, which makes sense. Okay, but, like, here's the thing that I'm thinking of. Am I interrupting you too much? No, go ahead. Okay, great. I'm at um, the end. Perfect. So, <laughs> you just play with a Ouija board and all of a sudden you're just like, I have to kill everybody. Yeah. Or is this, like, Maybe a premeditated thing? Maybe you're planning to kill somebody and you're like, let's do a Ouija board and, like, put that in there. Ooh. That's my okay. idea. But, like, yeah. as a grandmother, you're like, I want to kill... Why do you kill one grandkid? I, well, everyone's got favorites. We all know that. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to, like, kill the other one that I didn't like as much, hopefully, unless no. they were, like, the next no. Ted Bundy. No. You don't want to kill the next Ted Bundy? Apparently she thought so. Well, she thought so, apparently. Well, you know what? I guess I am on Carol's side then. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, next one then. <clears throat> uh, 2007, Joshua Tucker and Donald... Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Donald. Donald Shalklin. Donald. Shalklin. Donald Shalklin were playing with the Ouija board, and they asked if they should, quote, become serial killers, end quote. What? When the board replied yes, they asked who they should kill first. The board said mom, M-O-M. And so, fuck. They killed Shalklin's mother and his 13-year-old sister, Elizabeth. Um, They tried to flee, and they were arrested and later convicted of murder. What? Right? 
I don't like that one. Don't ask that question. That's my thing. It's like obviously they were <laughs> contemplating. We became serial killers. Yeah, yeah like you think that'd be fun? This is that was totally on purpose. Yeah, hundred percent. They were thinking about prior for sure. Oh my! I can't believe that. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, twenty twelve, a teenage boy from Waslaco, Texas. Why do I keep? find all these things with terrible names slacko texas stabbed his longtime friend in the abs um it is six pack in abs. the abdomen <laughs> is what it said and i shortened it to abs and thought it would be cooler the friend survived albeit uh after a few harrowing days in icu when he asked why he did it the team said the ouija board made me at the time police spokesman jp rodriguez said uh, he actually believed that the Ouija board advised him, uh, the team whose name was not released, pled insanity. I don't know if he got it. I mean, I Maybe. I would assume so, because you said that this, where you got your information from was, like, pretty recent. Yeah. 2012? Yeah. yeah. I don't think he was. Article he was in 2020, have, so. Yeah, he must not have gotten it if it's, if his name's still redacted. You're right. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Paul Carroll, new story, when Paul Carroll was trying to summon the dead in 2014, he believed in an evil spirit, oh, you're going to hate this one, entered the oh, family no. dog. Oh, no. Carroll killed the dog, <gasps> dumped the body outside in an outside drain, resulting in a backup in the drain. The workers were brought in to uh, address that. They discovered the dog's body. Oh, no. uh, investigation led back to Carroll, who pled guilty to killing a dog, I guess. I guess it's a felony now. Is that like animal cruelty? Mm-hmm. Good. Resulting in death is felony level. Fuck yeah. So a week later, the Ouija board apparently told Carol's wife and stepdaughter that they were <laughs> going to die, concluding it was preordained they attempted suicide by setting their house on fire. Both survived, but they were later arrested and convicted of on arson. What? <laughs> That is Isn't probably that the wildest one. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That one reminds me of, like, uh, Amityville stuff. Yeah. Right? Okay. The yeah, Amityville I can see Amityville vibes. That. Yeah. Okay. Ready for the next one? I only I'm have ready. two more. No, I'm ready. Okay. Let's go. 63-year-old Donald Hart. There's a lot of Donalds in this, huh? Donalds, you mean? Donalds. Donalds. <laughs> Donalds. Did you say Donald earlier? You did, and I made fun of you, <laughs> and you just kept moving on like it never happened. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Unless I just heard Donald, and now I'm making fun of you for no oh, reason. Oh, now we're going to have to go back and find out. Donald Hortung was convicted of a 2015 murder of his mother and two half-brothers. Um, as he tells it, he was motivated by uh, money, wanting to, so basically he wanted his mom to die um, so that he would get his inheritance and keep his half-brothers from sharing in it. Prosecution witness, fellow inmate, while he was in lockup awaiting trial, claims that Donald said a Ouija board actually convinced him to commit the murders. However, uh, he had been planning it for several years, so whether the Ouija board told him to do it or not was deemed irrelevant. Good. Because if he had been planning to do it, <laughs> suddenly we just something, like, yep, yeah, something tells it, it too. Yeah. Like, I've been planning this, but I just need the reaffirmation here like, to go yeah, ahead. Good. I need the green light. Go ahead, you're fine. So <laughs> dumb. Last one, you ready? I'm so ready. This one better be good. Get, oh, boy. Okay. 
Okay. You gotta end it on a good note. Gary Gilmore shot two men to death in Utah in, in July of 1976 and then proceeded to demand his own execution for his crimes. What? Later revealed that his younger brother, Michael, in his book, quote, shot in the heart, um, their mom believed she had conjured a demon spirit through the Ouija board when she was a kid. She believed that the demon spirit attached itself to the whole family, mm-hmm. including her future children. Mm-hmm. So in the case of Gary, um, his mom was certain that the demon primed him for a life of anger and violence. Um, he was executed in 77, and his brother's research for the book was conducted conducted only afterwards so it can't be confirmed whether he believed a Ouija board had sealed his fate or not. It's kind of weird, right? That one's really weird. Think of like a demon possessing your whole fucking family and like, maybe not possessing, but like tormenting your mm-hmm. family sure. for decades until you sure. have a kid and it's like, yep, that's what I've been that's looking for. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Gotta prime this baby up. <laughs> Makes no sense. That's why I got it. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I loved it. Me too. So educational. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so my topic, I say it only took me three hours of research. I think it's because I stopped like reading so much and started skimming and then started copying and pasting what I liked. <laughs> the thing is, is that this has so much history to it and a lot of the history was like contradictory. Cool. Which I mean, I guess that's what history is. Yeah. Everyone's got their side of the story. Totes. Which is fine. Um, but I'm talking about the history and use of tarot cards. And we have two, three sets. Three sets? Yeah. We have one zombie set, which I just bought. I love it. It's so cool. Uh-huh. Oh, it's and cool. your two. My two. That's right. I forgot I had those. We should bring those over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just a general idea, if you're not familiar... Tarot card reading is the practice of using tarot cards to gain insight into the past, present, or future by formulating a question or an idea or a focus, and then drawing and interpreting the cards. And reading tarot cards is a type of cardomancy. Is that how you say it? Cardomancy? Yeah. Okay, great, because that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Um, So the word tarot in German tarot derived from the Italian tarocchi. Tarocchi? Yep. Tarochi, mm-hmm. the origin of which is uncertain, but Tarek, God, so many different words. Tarek <laughs> is, um, or was used as a synonym. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> cinnamon. Cinnamon. It's a cinnamon. It's a cinnamon. It's a cinnamon. All of these words are very similar to Tarot, but Tarek was used as a synonym for foolishness in the late Great. 15th I feel good and 16th centuries. About us having I thought that was a really them. cool fun fact. <laughs> that, like, the, That's funny. The yeah. word might derive from a word that used to stand for foolishness. <laughs> but I, I mean, I'll go into it a little bit more, but it's very interesting. Um, so, we're going to start with how they were made. They weren't, okay. like Ouija boards, it wasn't always scary. Sure. They weren't always made for cardomancy. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, like, common playing cards when okay. they were first created. Sure. So, we're going to go into, like, the different suits and stuff, and the different suits vary by region. So, there's French suits in the Northern Europe region, Latin suits in Southern Europe, mm-hmm. and German suits in Central Europe. Everything's very European-based so far. And each suit has 14 cards, um, 10 numbering cards, which is like one or the ace to 10, four face cards, king, queen, knight, jack, 
page, whatever. Um, but the early cards consisted of mainly knight, or I'm sorry, kings and two male underlings. Okay, so like face cards, but they were a little bit different. Right. Okay. So like face cards were a little bit different, and like back in the early interpretations, it was just male face cards. Weird. Super weird. So hmm. then later, I know it's so weird. Uh, <laughs> later, it was incorporated into queens and trumps, and the trumps are quote unquote wild cards that are unique to tarot. Like Jack. Tarot. What did tarot? I just say? Tarot. We sat there before doing this. Like, is it tarot? Is it tarot? 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 And then I'm like, I'm not saying tarot. Here's the thing is I looked up so many different pronunciations. I'm just going to keep fucking it up. So I'm sorry. It's tarot. (laughs) The correct pronunciation according to Google is tarot. Suck my dick. So, so yeah, the trumps, which is cards that are unique to tarot, which we'll go into that later. And then a fool, which we'll get into that in a second. So tarot has a separate 21 card trump suit, which again is wild cards or unique cards to tarot tarot fuck me (laughs) and then a single card which is the fool and then in this 22 card section the tarot deck is known as the major um arcana Mm -hmm. and depending on the game the fool may act as the top trump or may be played to avoid following suit so it's like ace is high or ace is low exactly so this is how it goes into the common common playing card game version of it yeah yeah um and then these cards were later marked with suits of cups, swords, coins, and polo sticks, or wands. Okay, so same as common plank. I exactly. cannot wait for Kathy yeah. for this. They just switched the suits <laughs> yeah, into yeah, yeah. Right. what we know right, of them right, as right. today. Okay. And then a complete deck is usually totaled as 78 cards. Um, but we'll get more into. So, could you what technically take like the tarot decks we have and like play poker with them? Yes, but the problem is, is with the trump cards, since they're wild cards or like non-suited, they don't really I guess have a, a number. Way to put it. Yeah. Exactly, they don't have a number, so you'd have to create your own poker okay. system. Okay, okay, you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. So, um, yeah. So, like I said earlier, the earliest known tarot decks weren't designed with mysticism in mind. They were actually meant for playing games, and it's similar to like modern day bridge. And wealthy families in Italy commissioned expensive artist-made desks. Decks? Not desks. No, fuck Desks me. and decks. All of the above. They had all of the artist-made shit. to play with the decks, the decks on them. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, those decks were known as carte de tree... F- oh, fuck me. I knew I was going to fuck this up. You literally carte put de it down on there. Carte de triomphe. There we go. Or, in uh, English, it's cards of triumph. And today, the suit cards are commonly called the major, or correction, the minor arcana, while trump cards are known as the major arcana. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Perfect. Um, so, now we're going to go into, like, the timage. Okay. The history. I'm here for Not it. so much the, what they are. Playing cards? These... These specific playing cards first entered Europe in the late 14th century, most likely from Mamluk, Egypt. Yeah. The first... So fancy. The first (laughs) records date to 1367 in Bern, or Berni, and they appear to have spread very rapidly across the whole of Europe. Like, as seen from many records, many, mainly the games were being banned. So, like, people didn't, like, card games not that they didn't like Big card wakes, games didn't like the card they games. didn't like that card game okay it was just different it was weird okay um 
little is known about what the appearance and number of these cards were. And the first documented tarot, 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 yeah, I said it right that time. Yeah, see, now I'm second guessing (laughs) myself. The first documented tarot packs were recorded between 1440 and 1450 in Milan, Ferrara, Florence, and Bologna. Bologna. Or bologna. Or bologna for us. Depends on if you eat those sandwiches or not. If you don't, it's bologna. It's bologna. If you do, the bologna. which I do, it's bologna. Bologna. Um, what if I said, hey, can you make me a bologna sandwich? I wouldn't know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> I'm sweating. Can you pick up some bologna? I would love to. From- Where did the E come from? Bologna? I don't know. There, it's an A. Trash English. <laughs> Anyways, so these tarot packs were first recorded. Allegorical illustrations were added to the common four suit pack. So this is when the trump cards came into play with the suits. Right, okay, so that so you're saying allegorical illustrations, so that's like um the witch and mm-hmm. the hanged man. Yeah. Like it's these allegories that were coming in and exactly. they were taking the place of symbols that were in the cards prior. Yes. Okay. Perfect. And that's when they started being sold in like those packs. Right. So we bought. Yes, Barnes and exactly Noble. like you what we bought. You can get tarot cards at Barnes and Noble. Yes, you can get Sponsor everything at Barnes us. and Noble. Games, Bibles, game games, Bibles. So many Bibles. There's so many Bibles. If you need a Bible? Go to Barnes and Noble, <laughs> okay. and also just go across the room, and you can get some Ouija board stuff and like a tarot deck. <laughs> what is oh, that section gosh. called? It's like self. Improve? No, what was it? I don't remember. There, it has a weird name that has all the ghost hunting and tarot cards and witchcraft remember. shit. It was in the very back. I don't remember. <laughs> That's all I remember. It was in the back. It was in the back of the store, and we spent a lot of time there. <laughs> and we bought ghost hunting for dummies by Come Zach on, ghost Pagans. hunting by dummy for dummies by a dummy. The grammar, it obviously was not edited. I, there were so many. She, you couldn't read it anymore. I couldn't. I, yeah. Because it was so frustrating. It, we got was... that. We got Amityville. I oh, haven't yeah. read that yet. That would be good to read. You should read that. You're Before beds. Yeah, I'll read it to you while you're falling asleep. <laughs> Great. In yep. tarot cards. In tarot cards. Um, back to business. We were last talking about the 1400s. So we kind of take a little bit of a jump because that's kind of how it stays for a while. But in the 18th century, um, they saw... So 1700s? Yes. Correct. So like $300, $300 later. <laughs> you sure you want to do a podcast with me? Pretend like it didn't happen. <laughs> 300 years later, um, there was Tarot's Greatest Revival, during which it became one of the most popular card games in Europe again, played everywhere except for Ireland and Britain, um, the Iberian Peninsula, and the Ottoman Balkans. Balkans. Balkans, yay. Um, French Tarot experienced another revival beginning in the 1970s, and France has the strongest tarot gaming community. Whew. How interesting, huh? Even now? According to this. Huh. Yeah, according to Wikipedia. Wiki. Wiki. Um, also, I just want to, like, say before when I talked about, like, the different, like, French suits, Latin suits, German suits. Did I explain that? You explained that there were differences for sure, but it didn't come across, like, which ones persisted. And I don't know if they have. Like, I, think, I don't know what I we know, have. Like, I feel like... I'll tell you what we have. Okay. Um, But... For the most part, I think what 
German suits is very German and French so suits they've are very stayed French. very regional. Yeah. So if you went, if, so if we went to Germany right now and we bought a set of tarot cards, it would be different from the ones we it bought. It wouldn't here. be too different, okay. but it would definitely be different. Sure. It would have different like it, it might not be the hanged man. Right. It might be something else. And there okay. was a big old like table that I found okay. that like explains like the differences of like this sure. is what the most popular version right. of the tarot card deck is, and this is how it is across all these other different okay. suits. Right. So there's so many, so many different types of tarot cards. So if you're interested, Google more. Yeah, Google more because there's because just we way didn't want too a much. Five hour podcast. No, I already have so many notes, and I feel so bad. <laughs> I'm still on page one. It's fine. Um, you're doing great. Thanks. You're not so sweet. Um, <laughs> so around the 1780s, so. Same time frame, um, Atela, the pseudonym of Jean Baptiste Alit, looked up yeah. everything else except for Alit, um, which this is the only person I probably talk about six hundred more people, but this is the only person that I know they were born in seventeen thirty eight. Um, so that person, I'm gonna say Atela, because Jean Baptiste Alit is a, a mouthful. So Atela was the French. Co- occultist who was the first to popularize tarot divination to a wide audience and therefore the first professional tarot occultist known to history who made his living by card divination Hmm. isn't that so interesting yeah so good for him um what is going on nothing Attila published his ideas of the correspondences between the tarot astrology and the four classical elements and four humors okay Um, so that was like we learned about the four humors in psychology. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Tell me about that, because I didn't really... I just kind of was like, oh, that's cool, and then so, we moved on. So the four humors were, like, the very beginning of medicine. Okay. So you had, like, the bile, so people understood that, like, that was a thing, yeah. and there were, like... It was different parts of that, basically, like... That was the time of believing that, you know, you had the blood, the bile, the whatever else. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so that was, like, the era of weird-ass medical shit, right? Like, like, when they were like, oh, you're sick, we're gonna have you bleed out. Yes. Okay. 100% because they thought it was a problem of the blood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the the four humors were the four different categories of, like, human... Like issues, like, and it was all like fluid based. It was fucking gross. That's weird. Yeah. Oh gosh. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, the four humors and Atela was the first to issue a revised tarot deck specifically designed for occult purposes, and that was like around 1789. So pretty progressive. Sick for like just it coming back after three hundred dollars later. So. In keeping you mean years. Nope, I'm I'm gonna keep with dollars. <laughs> Don't you worry. In keeping with the misplaced belief that such cards were derived from the book of Thoth, which I will talk about in a second, Atela's tarot container containers contained themes related to ancient Egypt. Cool. Which is so freaking cool, I think. Totes. So that's cool. So now we're gonna talk more about the major arcana, which is also known as Greater Secrets. Or the trump cards, and it consists of 22 cards without suits. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them because it's literally 22, and I don't think you wanted me to read off 22 things. But, but it's, it's like everything that you would see yeah, in like, a deck. Like, it's what you would expect from a right. tarot card deck. Like and this we is were... what... Yeah, so these are the ones that I was like, oh, that makes sense for a tarot deck. These 
other ones I did not. Yeah. So it's like things like The Magician and Hanged Man and Death. Death, yeah. Right? The moon, the sun, the yeah. devil. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And then the... Et cetera. Yeah. Google more if you want more. Or go buy... Or go buy a deck. Yeah. Um, I think ours, the zombie one's a little bit different. I think they have their own mm-hmm. trump cards. Are they all similar? Mm-hmm. Well, shit. We'll go through them yeah, this. Yeah, we will. The Minor Arcana, which is Lesser Secrets, consists of 56 cards divided into four suits and 14 cards of each, which that is something that we're more used to seeing. I found it super interesting because, like, first off, when we got, when I got that tarot, I didn't look at yours. Mm-hmm. I've never seen yours. Mm-hmm. They're at your house. But we bought this set of zombie ones for Halloween, pretty much. Um, and when I was looking through them, first off... I expected it to be smaller. In fact, I expected it to be small, like less cards than like our normal fifty-two deck of cards. Oh, you, th- oh, and I, I see what you mean. only expected it to be the trump cards, the the major arcana. Yeah. Oh. So then, when I was looking through and I saw these other ones, the minors that you're about to talk about, I had no idea what they could possibly mean because these ones make sense. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Like, you can mm-hmm. put context to um, the magician. You can put context to the lovers. You can put context right. to... The hermit. Death. The wheel of the fortune. Hermit. Yeah, things of that. Yeah. You can sit there and be like, okay, that came up. I can guess what that means without having to, like, Google it. But these ones were yeah. super confusing to me. Yeah. So the minor arcana is uh, ten numbered cards and four court cards. The numbered cards are what we talked about earlier, the zero, or I'm sorry, the one, or ace through ten, and they're all following the same suits, and then the court cards, the king, queen, knight, and page, or jack, depending on the deck. Um, So, according to this, the traditional Italian tarot suits are swords, batons, coins, and cups. The modern occult tarot decks, however, the baton suit is often called wands, rods, or staves, while the, yeah, wands, that's one pretty popular while mm-hmm. the coin suit is often called pentacles or discs i think the, one of the decks that i have the one that i have i know is for sure pentacles and i think it's pentacles and and wands or rods maybe we just have wands we have it's probably we have one of these four because there has to be four suits or maybe it's batons so. we'll have to look at it so. It, there's four okay, suits we'll regardless. Look, we'll look. We'll look in a minute. There might be a different one, but whatever. For the sake of... We're going to have to go through a yeah, whole thing <laughs> after this. Um, and we'll do a reading. It'll be like 2 a.m. and we'll do a... Yeah. Let's do it at 3. Hell yeah. Yeah. You're staying until 3? Oh, sweet. Sick. Cool. Um, I'm on nights, so... Yeah. Stay up forever. Same kind of. So... <laughs> I thought this part was so interesting. I did not expect this person to come into the history of tarot cards. But again, I don't know why, because it's it's fitting. It makes no sense as to why. Once it comes up, you're like, not, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, literally. Um, so we're, I'm going back to where I was talking about the book of Ta- Thoth. Thoth. That's how it's spelled. That's what I'm going with. The I book can't of say Thoth. I have a lisp, and I can never say that word. Do you want to try? Thoth. See, it was perfect. You um, get a little bit of S in there. Thoth. No, there's no S. Thoth. There was an S. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Book of Thoth was made by a surprise. If you didn't know this already, Alistair Crowley, um, he devised the Thoth deck, Thoth tarot deck, 
which from what I read, the deck came first and then he made the book after. Okay. I'm not sure if I'm right or not. That's what I read. Um, so the Thoth deck, he created that along with Leda, Leda, Lady Frida Harris. Um, and she was, I think, like the artist and they like okay. came up with all that. Sure. So Alistair Crowley stated of the tarot, this is a long quote, so... Quote, the origin of this pack of cards is very obscure. Some authorities seek to put it back as far as the ancient Egyptian mysteries. Others try to bring it forward as late as the 15th or even 16th century. But the only theory of ultimate interest about the tarot is that it is an admirable symbolic picture of the universe based on the data of the holy Kabbalah. Kabbalah? Kabbalah. Kabbalah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um. So again, the Thoth Tarot is a divisionary tarot deck painted by Lady Frida Harris, according to instructions from Aleister Crowley. Crowley referred to this deck as the Book of Thoth and also wrote a 1944 book of the title intended for use with the deck. Get that. Yeah. Let's find it. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Merry Christmas. (laughs) I'll get it for you. Okay. Because you've already had Christmas presents delivered here. (laughs) No. So... I, I mean, I might give them to you sooner if I keep finding God. more things I want to give to you. Fuck. I love gift giving, and I know you hate, hate receiving it. gifts, but... I hate it. Sorry. Um, so, the... How do you say it? Kabbalah? Yeah. So, the Hemetic Kabbalah is a Western... Esoteric. Esoteric. I don't know why I struggle with that word. It's a Western esoteric tradition involving mysticism and the occult. It is the underlying philosophy and framework for magical societies which we will talk about some of these, so just remember. So the societies such as Golden Dawn, Tholemic Orders, mystical religious societies such as Builders of the Adetum, Adetum, that's what I'm going with, and the Fellowship of the Rosy Cross. I like that one. And the the precursor to neo-pagan, Wiccan, and New Age movements. So the Hermetic Kabbalah is kind of like the 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 start of all of sure. this the, okay. according to this yeah yeah um so now we're gonna go into tarot and the United States because cool. obviously what we were talking about was a little Love bit different it. than what we know now sure so a little bit more history I'm so sorry um, why I just feel I just, I don't know <laughs> this is so much and then literally the use is like a half a page. no let's go <laughs> I'm into it okay so. Despite the significant impact of British occultism and occult interpretations of tarot, two of the earliest publications on tarot in the English language were published in the United States. So that's kind of cool that we kind of started that. Sure. Including a book by Madame Camille La Normand entitled Fortune Telling by Cards or Cardomancy Made Easy, published in 1872. And an anonymous... be a fun book to get. I know, right? Um, and then there was an anonymous American essay on the tarot published in the Plat- Platon- Platonist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the 1885 entitled The Tarot. Adoption of esoteric tarot practices of the Golden Dawn. Remember we talked about that a little bit ago? Um, of the Golden Dawn in the United States was driven in part of the American cultist Paul Foster Case, whose 1920 book, An Introduction to the Study of the Tarot, made use of the Rider Waite Smith deck which is, I might cover this in a second, but that is the most popular deck, is the writer Wade Smith deck. It's probably what we have. I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Because uh, it would have been one of these. Oh. One of these main ones. Okay. Like the yeah. suits. Sure. Um, um, But he made use of the writer Wade Smith deck and assorted 
esocentric, es- nope, that's not right, esoteric um, associations first adopted by the Golden Dawn. By the 1930s, however, Case had formed his own occult order, the Builders of the Ad- Aditum, and began to promote the revised new art tarot. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that this was like people's entire life. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking tarot. Mm-hmm. Wild, because now we're just like, <laughs> we're like, let's do these zombie tarot cards. <laughs> like sometimes and not know what we're doing. Right. Um, esoteric use of the Rider Waite Smith tarot was also promoted in works of Eden Gray, whose three books on tarot made extensive use of the deck. Gray's books were adopted by members of the 1960s counterculture as standard. Reference works on tarot cards. And her 1970 book, A Complete Guide to the Tarot, was the first work to use the metaphor of the fool's journey to explain the meetings of the major arcana. Um, The work of Eden Gray and others in the 1960s led to an explosion of popularity in tarot card readings beginning in 1969. My favorite year. Oh, well. Tarot card reading quickly became associated with New Age thought, signaled in part by popularity of David Palladini's Raider Waite Smith inspired Aquarian Tarot, first issued in 1968. Artists soon began to create their own interpretations of tarot for artistic purposes rather than purely esoteric ones, such as Mountain Dream Tarot by B. Nettles, the first photographic tarot deck released in 1975. Oh. Isn't that cool? Yeah. The 1980s and 1990s saw a rise of new generation tarotists influenced by the writings of Eden Gray and the work of Carl Jung and Joseph Campbell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On psychological archetypes. Oh, look at that. Yeah. The tarotists sought to apply tarot card reading to personal in- introspection and growth. That's super interesting. There was this whole pair, like, huge pair about, paragraph about Carl Jung and yeah. his, like, psychological, mm-hmm. like, evaluation of tarot and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was... I've got a book on the history of psychology, and it is, like, a big portion is his. Yeah. He's yeah. such a good psychologist. It's just... It was a lot, and I was just like, I don't really want to go into the psychology of tarot. I wanted to just focus on the history. Love it. Here we are. Thank you. So now we're going into the use. So using cards for playful divination probably goes back even further to the 14th century, likely originating in Momluk games, game cards bought by Western Europe from Turkey. So the Momluk we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. in Egypt, Mm -hmm. I believe that Momluk was a type of um, society. So the Mamluk Sultanate was a medieval realm spanning Egypt. So oh, kind I of. got you. Yeah, yeah. A medieval realm. So they had no. left Egypt apparently and brought their shit over to uh, Western Europe from Turkey. Cool, cool, cool. Um, tarot is often used in conjunction with the study of the Hermetic Kabbalah. Um, which we already talked about, practitioners believe that the simple-looking tarot cards can help the individual explore the depths and nodes of one's spiritual path and discover a new realm of possibility for enriched in regards to inner self, whereas professional tarot is seen by some as a scam. Oh, so if you do it yourself, you're good, but if you go to somebody to, like, read them for you, you're fucked. I wouldn't say that. I just, I think that it's kind of like... (sighs) Because of the the major arcana being trump cards, like they 
we'll go into this in a second, but they each have their own different meanings. It's kind of, I feel like, similar to, like, a horoscope. Like, sure. it is so, it's, like, such a broad, like, you can speak something so broadly that you will find a way to make it apply to your right. life. So if you go to somebody to tell you these things and they, right. they speak about it so broadly, then there you go. Then it's a scam. Yeah. So that makes sense. that's why it's seen as a scam. And when you're doing it yourself, you're not paying for it, but you're probably still applying it. To yeah. your life because yeah. it's still a real yeah. thing. Right. Anyways, so these are the steps to how you can do tarot at home. Love and it. Let's let's get into it. I didn't even talk about the rules for like Ouija. Yeah, you messed up, didn't you? Don't do it by yourself. Don't do it in a graveyard. Graveyard. Say goodbye. Yep. Okay. That's what you don't ask to. how you're gonna die. Yeah, and don't ask how the person died. Right. The spirit died. Right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Back to I business. Panicked. <laughs> like, oh no! <laughs> I forgot. My I like, just go do Ouija nilly willy nilly. Nilly willy. Fuck. Had like a few whiskeys tonight. Yolo. <laughs> um. So the first step is selecting a deck. As we've discussed, there are so many decks available. Ten out of ten so recommends zombie one. Yeah, totally. Bard's um, noble. They they use their own unique sets of symbols and systems. Users can create stories using symbols of the deck in their reading. So then choosing a deck whose artwork resonates with you is really important because then you can create like, yeah, this is what the magician means, but like with the artwork, Which what is, is why it we mean? chose the zombie deck. Right. The most common deck and a great way to start is the Raider Weight deck. Okay. So in case you have any questions. Um, then the next step is to have a question, topic, or focus. That's it. Um, shuffle and reset your cards. So while shuffling, you want to think about that question, topic, or focus that you had in mind. And then as intuition, it is important. It's it's just an important aspect of the reading. You'll need to bring yourself into the cards. So you'll try to shuffle at least once, but however many times you feel is necessary to get the cards, quote unquote, cleared. Um, so it's like you're thinking about what you want, whatever your question or whatever it is, and you're shuffling them and you're shuffling them. So whenever you feel like it's right that the cards understand what you're trying to get answered. Then you're done shuffling. Then you're done shuffling. Okay. And then you can also cut the deck into threes and reorder them if you're not much of a shuffler, I guess. Cool. Um, and then when you're ready, you will keep the cards face down. And then it comes to the the tarot spread. So tarot spreads give you a structure in which you can explore your questions. Um, just basically meaning like, how many do you lay out and what order or what pattern do you lay them out in? And then each position in the spread reflects an aspect of your question to consider. So the first time we did it, super simple, we did past, present, and future, right? Yeah, so just three cards in yeah. a line and that's yep. it. Yep. Um, and you don't have to use them for every single reading, but it's a nice way to get started until you learn about the cards. Sure. Um, so like Macy said, one of the simplest readings you can use to familiarize yourself with the cards is the past, present, future spread. Mm -hmm. It's very, very simple. Um, and to... most card decks, when you buy them, they'll tell you that. Yeah. Like... Yeah, there's super good um take the top card from your shuffle deck and then reveal them one by one left to right it is recommended before delving into the individual card meetings to scan the cards and absorb what your reactions to the images are so 
start to consider things like emotions, feelings, objects, symbols, and color. If there is color or whatever. Yeah, don't go into it blind. Don't look. Don't buy a zombie deck and not know what the cards look like because they might freak you out. Like, right. It's all. It's a whole thing. Yeah. And also, it, that kind of goes into the play of, like, interpretations. Like, yes, this is the hanged man, but how does this make me feel? Mm. How does this relate or relate to what I'm thinking yeah. or what I'm trying mm. to project or my question? Um, and then getting tarot meetings and tarot cards – or, I'm sorry, getting tarot meanings from tarot cards and their positions. If you're just starting out, apparently you'll need a reference to help you along with the cards, which, as Macy said, a lot of the tarot cards, they come with a booklet that tells you – a lot mm-hmm. of the information yeah. that you need. Um, or there's Google. <laughs> Usually this can come with, oh, literally the tarot deck you purchased. Or you can use online resources. Um, as you develop your reading skills, you can learn to let go of these resources and rely more on your intuition. Yeah. But having somewhere to start is a good thing. Consider the meaning of the cards interacts with the aspect of the question that you're answering. See if you can tell a story with the cards that are in front of you. And then... Um, go from there. Yeah, then go from there. Love it. So, something that is really interesting about tarot, which when, like, I knew this information before we we started the first time when we were trying to play with them. Um, basically, if they're right side up, they have a different meaning than when they're upside down. Um, but if it's if you're just starting out, you can just pretend that they're all right side up until sure. you can get more into what does it mean when they're upside down, right. what is that reverse meaning, Um and the more advanced, like, layouts and stuff, they have different, like, it's just all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, so if you look, like, the deck we bought, um, the easiest one was Past, Present, Future, but there were, like, several different layouts, layouts you can have, and it had different meanings to, like, the cards that you get throughout those layouts are different, so... Yeah. And then also, like, depending on, like, the cards that you have, like, some of the cards, like, actually, like, go together and tell their own kind yeah, of story. Yeah, when they're together. Yeah, so it's, like, I think it's kind of, like, um, they just, like, match. So when you get those cards and you know that those cards tend to go together, you can't look at them individually. You have to mm-hmm. look at them together. You can look at them individually and together. Yeah. But, like, the, I feel like the, the meaning, especially since they're together has a better meaning than yeah. when they're individual. Totes. Because obviously they were meant to be put together in the first place. Yep. Yep. Love it. Um, that's it. And then I got a lot of my... I mixed in a lot of my information to, like, fit Love into, it. like, a pattern. But I got um, information from Wikipedia and then collectorsweekly.com. That was very helpful. And then golden... Hold on. Goldenthreadtarot.com. Love That it. was where I got the... The how to use love it the cards. They also have an app, so if you're really into that, apparently they have an app. So check that out. Totes. Yeah, love it. So fun. Uh, well, check us out. First episode, so we're gonna like imagine that we have, uh, we do have an email, but we're gonna have yeah. an Instagram. Yeah, might have a Facebook. I don't. Ugh. I don't like Facebook. I don't like Facebook. Just either. do Instagram. Yeah, for now. I'm down cool. for Instagram. Who knew podcast six six six. At gmail.com, because literally every other variation of that email was taken. I don't know who did that. So. Right. There's only one other podcast called, called Who Knew, Knew and it, they haven't had episodes for three years, so. So. Almost four. So. That's that. That's all I got. That's it. Cool. Well, hopefully you guys can check us out. We'll be back again eventually. Totes. Thanks for listening. Bye.